Hello and welcome to episode three of the Female Investors Project. I am your host Genevieve and today we will be talking about all things assets and what you can actually get investing in. Before we start today I would like to share something I'm really excited about. As you all know I've been running the Female Investors for a year now. It's uh, the Female Investors Anniversary And I woke up to a message today where one of the girls who follows me had shared that she had made her first investment and she thanked me for giving her the confidence to actually get started. And I'm really, really honored that someone feels like I'm giving them the chance and the confidence to get started and really break down the barriers that there are to investing. So Thank you to each and every one of you for listening and giving me the trust to take you along this journey and really make a difference in your investing life and hopefully make you some money in the future. So that being said, let's get into what you can actually invest in and how risky some of the investment choices there are are going to be for your portfolio and how good that's going to be for your portfolio now and overall. So When you look into investing, you have the opportunity to invest in what we call an asset. An asset in finance is any resource that has an economic value or a future benefit. And if we want to put it more simply, it's anything that can be converted into cash. When we think about investing, and at least for me personally, this is how I started off, investing is in shares or stocks and that's it. And you can definitely invest in shares or stocks, but there are lots of other things that you can be investing in. So I thought it would be good to break down all of these different asset classes, which are the different things you can invest in. And we'll have a look at also the risk that each of these asset classes holds and maybe even some considerations on how long you need to hold this investment for it to be profitable or worth your while. Just a disclaimer, I haven't personally invested in each of the asset classes that we discussed today. I've done a lot of research on them for you guys. A lot of these descriptions are not driven by personal experience, but that's okay. So one of the reasons why it's good to know about the different assets that there are in the market is that different assets allow for the possibility to diversify your portfolio. Diversification is what we talk about in finance, where we mix different assets that move in different directions, depending on what happens in the market or the economy more generally. And when you've got a well-diversified portfolio, you can actually reduce your risk without impacting the returns that you can gain. So it's about building a portfolio that has a mix of assets so that all of your well-performing assets potentially offset any of the losses that come from the other assets, which means that you've got more possibility for growth. If you've ever studied economics or finance, you'll know that there are lots of mathematical interpretations of how diversification can benefit your portfolio. But for the purposes of a beginner investor, you just need to know that diversification is avoiding that you put all of your eggs in one basket and it's just good to know that there's that possibility. Another concept we will be touching on today is the concept of liquidity. Liquidity is defined as the ease with which you can transfer an asset into cash. 
So it's basically how fast can you sell an asset? If you think about it, when you look at cryptocurrencies, for example, the crypto market is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can invest in crypto anytime. It means you can also sell crypto at any time. So if you needed to take your money out of your investments for whatever reason, you'd be able to do it basically instantly and sell those cryptocurrencies or sell those coins instantly. On the other hand, if you had invested in something like a really rare bottle of wine and you wanted to make a good return on it, you would not be able to sell that immediately. You'd need to find a buyer. And I'm pretty sure that you're not going to find a buyer of a rare wine very easily. And if you did, you'd have to be careful that you want to negotiate for a price that you think is fair and true to the actual value of the bottle. And if you needed to sell that today, it's very unlikely that you'd be getting the price that you think is worth it. A consideration for all of your investments is also the liquidity of the investment because a low liquid asset makes it a little riskier in the long term for when you're actually ready to sell. So what can you invest in? Get your pen and paper because there is quite a long list of things you can invest in. You can invest in cash, you can invest in debt, equity, properties, commodities, derivatives, you can invest in cryptocurrencies, and you can also invest in what we call alternatives. Don't worry, I know I've thrown a lot of words at you right there. So let's break down each and every one of these categories. So the first category is the investment in cash. Now, cash is definitely an asset because it can be converted into cash because it is cash. Now, the question, is it actually an investment when you just have cash? Well, it depends on how you use that cash. For example, you can invest in foreign currencies and hold a portion of your money in a different currency. This is useful if you trade in shares that are not listed in the ASX and therefore need a different currency. So for example, if you're investing in US shares, it might be beneficial for you to buy US dollars at a time where the exchange rate is favorable to you for your investments. In the same way, if you just hold money in that currency so that you can buy the shares that you want whenever there's a good price, then that kind of also counts as part of your investment portfolio because that cash is useful for you for your investments. You can also consider Forex trading, which is foreign exchange trading, as a cash investment because you're just buying different currencies and trying to beat the fluctuation of these currencies. But even if you weren't exchanging your money into a foreign currency, part of your investment portfolio can actually sit in cash. So for example, I have about $200 that sits in my brokerage account that I don't invest unless there's a good buy that I want to take advantage of that's outside of my usual dollar cost averaging cycle. And that is definitely part of your portfolio and something that you can use to your advantage. So don't feel like any spare cash that you have needs to go straight into one investment. You can have it sitting there because even having that extra couple of days to think about what investment you want to make or if you need even an extra couple of months where your money just sits in your brokerage account and it's not touched for anything else but investing, that's part of your portfolio. Totally fine and can count as an investment if you want it to. 
So another asset you can invest in is ironically debt. Investing in debt is basically equivalent as lending someone, a government or even a company, money that they will repay you in the future. This is generally an investment that you make under the form of a bond. And bonds are really interesting because they're one of the assets that we call income generating. As you may know, there are two types of ways you can make money from an investment. And these are namely from income and capital gains. Income generating assets are assets that pay you on a regular basis, whether that be monthly, quarterly, annually, throughout the time that you hold that investment. So for example, shares will pay you dividends, property will pay you rent, if someone's living in the house. So that's an income generating asset because it pays you while you hold that investment. On the other hand, you have a capital gains investment, which is an investment that you make that you hope will grow in the future and then you sell for a higher price. Now, a lot of assets will give you both of these things where you can buy something that grows in value over time and you still get paid throughout the time that you actually hold that asset. And there are some assets that only give one or the other. For the purposes of what we're talking about now, debt is an income generating asset, which means that you earn money throughout the period that you hold the debt. Just to explain the basic of a bond, you purchase a bond at a face value, say $100, and then the government or a company will say, great, we'll pay you back this $100 in five years time. They also need to make this investment worthwhile, so they promise you a interest rate. And this is what we called the bonds yield. And then they pay you that interest rate on a regular basis, which can be quarterly, yearly, under the form of what we call a coupon, which is simply the interest rate payment. The reason why you would hold a bond is that it's quite low risk. It has a fixed term and you get paid throughout the life cycle of the investment. And what's more, you have a guaranteed rate of return. It's generally lower than what you would expect from a stock, but it's most likely higher than what you would expect from a high yield savings account. So it's a good way to make that money work for you a little better. In a similar way, now let's move into the most common form of investing, which is equity investing. Equity is defined as a form of investment in a company where you have an ownership stake in the company or corporation. I think it's a really great practice to think of your investments, even when it's investing in shares on an exchange, as partial ownership in a business. And when you think about it this way, you can really target your investments in individual shares to companies that you understand, you like, that align with your values, and you can really dig deep into what the company is doing. When you consider it as partial ownership, it encourages you to think about the growth opportunities that there will be in the future and see if it's actually an investment that is aligned with your short or long-term goals. So investment in equity is holding a share in a company. This means that you have entitlement to its profit through dividends, but you also have the right to vote on what happens in the company. 
Voting rights seem pretty cool, but you have to know that companies listed on an exchange will actually have millions of shares on issue, which means that shareholders can purchase one of the millions of shares that are available of the company, which means that your vote may get diluted by the companies or the shareholders that have thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of shares in the company. So with an exchange, you can invest in companies that are listed and it's usually the really big companies that you may recognize such as Afterpay, Maya, Coles, Woolworths. You can invest in all of these companies, but you can also consider equity investing in things like startups which is where you would hold a quite a big portion of the company with bigger chunks of money. This is kind of the realm of angel investing and it's probably not something that you can do as you start out, but it can definitely be something that you can consider in the future. I personally would love to become an angel investor in 20 years time when I have $100,000 to just invest in a company that I hope does well. In the meantime, I'm going to have to stick to some of the lower risk options while I'm still building my career and my portfolio. And the big way that I'm trying to build my portfolio is through ETFs. Now, this is kind of in the realms of equity because it's investing in an ETF, which is an exchange traded fund. So it's a fund that is listed on an exchange, so you can trade them through the exchange like equity. But what you're actually buying is a fund that has a collection of assets under its management. So this can be things like equities, bonds, any kind of asset that you want to track in the market. I personally really like ETFs because they're an easy, cheap and low risk choice for beginners. You still get a really wide range of choices because of all of the different funds that are available that track different kinds of industries and markets and they generally guarantee some pretty good returns, which is what we're all about at the Female Investors. Cool. Now let's look at properties. In Australia, I think a lot of young people, I definitely know loads of people who are looking into buying a house and saving up for a house, which means that they're looking to invest in the property market. I think it's a really interesting one because it's definitely the kind of investment that requires a lot of upfront capital. And I may have said this before in the podcast, but capital is the finance word for money. You need a lot of upfront capital and it's a kind of investment that is quite illiquid. There's still definitely reasoning as to why you would want to buy a property, especially with all of the subsidies that the government is giving out for property investing. It's a great asset to have and historically property investments have grown a lot in value over the long term, so we love to see it. One of the difficulties of property investing is the amount of hidden costs or costs that you may not consider As you start thinking about or saving for a property investment, this includes things like upkeep, stamp duty, and any other costs. But if you've done the maths right and you've done your research properly and you know the kind of money that you'll need to make to offset all of these costs and actually make a profit on these, then you are in for a really good run. 
even though I'm not ready for an investment in a property, I can still look at REITs, which are real estate investment trusts, which are listed on the ASX and allow for you to have access to the returns that the property market gives without actually having to put all of your money up front or actually own the property itself. And these trusts invest in a mix of commercial buildings, shopping centers, office buildings, but they can even invest in residential properties. And you still get the access to all of the returns that these company makes without all of the upfront risk. So the next asset class we'll be looking at is commodities. And commodities are investments in things like silver, gold, even orange juice and meats. And as the name suggests, they are investments in tangible goods and commodities that are raw materials that are used in production. There are four categories of commodities that you can invest in, namely metals, energy, livestock and meat and agriculture. I think commodities are a good to know kind of investment, but it's also kind of weird as a retail investor. And by the way, a retail investor is an investor that doesn't do it as a professional. So you and I would be a retail investor. And what is a retail investor going to do with like a thousand kilos of grain? Where are you going to store it? And that's why commodities are so often traded in what we call the futures market or more in general through derivatives. We'll get into that in a second. But what you should know is that as most things that you can invest in in the market, you can track the price of a commodity through an ETF, if that's what you want to do. So I mentioned derivatives and futures, and these are another asset class that you can invest in, and they are more of the advanced kind of investment. Derivatives are a bunch of financial instruments that include options, future contracts, and they are a contract, more generally, that locks in the price of an asset that you will pay at a future time that's agreed between the two parties. I think all you need to know about derivatives is that they're a whole subject at university that is most generally despised because it's so complex and just uselessly hard. For the purposes of this podcast, you just need to know that derivatives exist, are very leveraged and very risky, and we may cover some of them in the future. So moving on to probably the most hyped up investment of 2020 and 2021, except for maybe GameStop, we have the asset class of cryptocurrencies. And these are currencies that are built on the blockchain technology and allow you to buy and hold a currency with the guarantee that your purchase has been secured on the blockchain and you own that coin. Personally, my opinion is that the appeal of cryptocurrencies come from the fact that they're a new technology, they are highly volatile, which means that while you can lose a lot of money, you can also make a lot of money. And most importantly, cryptocurrencies are decentralized, which means that there's no central governing body that determines when cryptocurrencies can be traded. The market for cryptocurrencies is always open. You can buy, sell them, and there are so many cryptocurrencies in circulation at the moment. While Bitcoin is the most prominent, there are other coins such as Ethereum, Dogecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and there are also a whole range of what they called altcoins, which are alternative coins, and they're all trading on cryptocurrency exchanges. 
Some of these currencies have real world application, but a lot of them are not tied to any asset that is physically of value per se. They're purely tied to the blockchain technology and are starting to get some real world application, which is pretty cool. The blockchain technology in itself really has the potential to revolutionize how we view and use currencies in the future and how much we need central authorities to actually control and govern coins and money in general. My first cryptocurrency adventure will be coming next month. I'm super keen to get investing into cryptocurrencies, so I will be sharing more once I learn more. The final investing class we will be exploring today is what we call an alternative investment. An alternative investment is an investment in a non-traditional asset, something like collectibles, luxury handbags, wines, cars, anything that doesn't really fall into the categories that we've talked about up till now. I think that these are the kind of assets that are going to be really high risk. There is low demand for them and they are illiquid and they're also very expensive. Definitely not the kind of investment that I would recommend for a beginner. The asset categories that we looked at today are some of the major categories I could think of when you think about assets you can invest in. And there are definitely not all the same risk level. They're not the same return level and they're not the same. They're not the same level of appeal to a beginner investor. As this podcast is catered to beginners, we'll be looking at some of the more beginner-friendly investments, such as ETFs, shares, and cryptos. And then as we all get better at investing, we can start thinking about some of the other ones. If you are curious, in terms of risk and volatility, I would rank the assets we've seen today as follows. I think we'd go cash, debt, ETFs, equity, then you'd have property, crypto, and then the highest risk and volatility would be derivatives and alternatives. If we wanted to do the same kind of ranking for liquidity, cash would be the most liquid because it already is cash. And then you'd look at ETFs and equity and crypto as still very liquid. Then debts, a little less liquid because you're tied into a term. Similarly, derivatives are a little less liquid. And then the most illiquid are going to be property and alternatives because it's going to take you a long time to actually cash out on those investments. That concludes today's exploration into assets you can invest in. You will be hearing me next week with an episode all about brokers and how you can actually start investing in some of the things we talked about today. You will hear me soon on the Female Investors Project. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Everything you heard today was general in nature and a reflection of my personal experience and opinions only. None of it is financial advice. I'm not a licensed financial advisor, so please contact one if you need to before making any big financial decisions. I'm all about making smart, well-thought-out decisions with your money, so do your own research before considering any stocks or products I may mention on the podcast. Oh, and don't forget any legal and tax implications that may arise from your investing adventures. I hope you had fun. See you next time.